Jack Hughes is back to practicing with the team. And also, let's talk about some trades that affect the New Jersey Devils and how they should approach the pending trade deadline that is set to take place in a few weeks. And also, since it was Super Bowl weekend, I want to share some special sound bites I had from some NFL Hall of Famers. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked On Devils. And also, I guess you could call it a Locked On NFL special. Uh, buckle up, everybody. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, play-by-play announcer, Devils Ride for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credentialed media member, Trey Matthews. My apologies for the inactivity the last few days. As you guys know, Super Bowl was in town. I go to Arizona State, so I got fully involved in the Super Bowl festive, so that took up a chunk of my time. So I have some cool stories to share, so I was a volunteer at NFL experience for two days and I went to Gronk Beach which was a party hosted by Rob Gronkowski also got his autograph on this football I don't really know much about the New England Patriots but I do know that Rob Gronkowski is probably one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game so that's got to be worth something in the future right because he's uh, bound to go to the Hall of Fame right and then uh, I got to volunteer on game day in the tunnel during uh, the Super Bowl now I only saw part of the game I saw like the early few minutes of the first quarter, and they're very strict on how to uh, escort us out because it's like Fort Knox in there. It's like they have the FBI cameras, things of that nature. Hopefully I don't get in trouble for telling you guys that. But um, yeah, so I saw part of the game, very minuscule, but still something is better than nothing. And I still had a blast uh, helping out with Super Bowl. And uh, it was a great experience and something that I wouldn't trade in. And also uh, a few days ago, I put on my Twitter saying that uh, if you guys wanted to potentially hear some sound bites from what I did, Fox Sports Media, when I had the chance to talk to Michael Strahan, Michael Vick, also Rob Gronkowski, would you be interested in me uh, just taking those sound bites and including it into an episode? And most of you said yes. So in today's episode, in the third and final segment, I'm going to share you uh, some of those sound bites from that Fox Sports Media Day. I don't know how many of you are football fans, but I figured that I, I'm sure a decent amount of you know who these players are. And since I don't cover the NFL on any sort of platform, felt as though uh, this would be the appropriate time to do so because the Devils have an off day. When this episode goes live, they'll have a game against Columbus Blue Jackets. But enough about football for the time being. Let's talk about the Devils and their situation now. In my previous episode, I talked about Jack Hughes going down and how he was listed as week to week. And I said that was worst case scenario for the New Jersey Devils. But remember what Lindy Ruff said. Remember what Martin Brodeur said. It's not something to freak out over. Jack Hughes is young. It was probably more of a rest kind of thing because the example I used was out in the NBA. They do something called load managing. And since the New Jersey Devils are primed to make the playoffs and there's going to be some extra mileage added on to people like Jack Hughes and others bodies as the season progresses now is probably an appropriate time to just give Jack Hughes that breather because he was the only representative for the all-star game from the New Jersey Devils organization so uh, and it's also been revealed according to Elliot Friedman that the injury did not occur when Brady Kachuk tugged on Jack Hughes during the all-star game I thought that could have played somewhat of a factor, but 
I said I had my doubts considering the fact that Jack Hughes did suit up in the very first game in the second half for the Devils when they played the Vancouver Canucks. So wasn't all that concerned about Jack Hughes. I just said, okay, week to week, he's not going to be out for that for that long. And it's been revealed by Amanda Stein that Jack Hughes did return toward the end of practice, fully in uniform. He wasn't in a no-contact uniform. So Jack Hughes should be back sooner rather than later. Now, does he play in the next game against the Columbus Blue Jackets? I really don't know. Personally, I think there's no point in playing him because I think this is a game that the New Jersey Devils can win without him because the Columbus Blue Jackets aren't really all that good of a team. So I'm all for resting Jack Hughes and just make sure that he's 100% to go. And the Devils have been treading the water a little bit. Now, uh, I did say that I wasn't expecting perfection, but at the same time, just try to stay afloat and just try to weather the storm. Because last year, we saw what happened when Jack Hughes was out for an extended period of time. And then when he came back, you realized how dearly missed he was. And the overall question I have from last year was that how much better could the Devils have been had Jack Hughes been fully healthy? Because I don't think they would have been a playoff team, but I think they would have been more respected throughout the league. But everything happens for a reason. And as a result of their awful season, awful goaltending, awful defense, awful coaching, whatever the case you want to uh, put put that uh, overall circumstance in, the New Jersey Devils did get the second overall pick and they got Shimo in the Mets as a result. But uh, the last game against the New Jersey Devils, they lost in a shootout to the Minnesota Wild, 3-2. to two, And a lot of people were disappointed with the overall effort from the New Jersey Devils and said that the team didn't really have a sense of urgency. They didn't really have an identity. And they said without Jack Hughes, the New Jersey Devils are kind of screwed. But here's the thing. We saw in the previous matchup before the Minnesota Wild game what the Devils did against the Seattle Kraken. And yes, it was a hard-fought battle, and they were bailed out by Mackenzie Blackwood a couple times. But at, the, but at the same time, guys, this was bound to happen because this was the first time this season where the New Jersey Devils did not have Jack Hughes in the game, and we're used to him coming up big in clutch situations. We're used to him stepping up his overall defense when it matters most. We're used to him playing a good chunk of the minutes when uh, the game is within uh, striking distance for our opponents. So Jack Hughes being out of the lineup, yes, it does hurt, but at the same time, it's a good challenge for New Jersey Devils, and it's some adversity that they have to overcome. And so far, I don't think it's going to come back to bite them because, like I said, Jack Hughes is back to practicing with the team, and I think the Devils are going to be just fine from here on out. But there were some moves that happened over the weekend, and a lot of people are wondering, how is this going to affect the New Jersey Devils? So we already talked about how Jack Hughes affects the New Jersey Devils. Now we're going to transition into uh, some other moves that a particular team made and now raise the overall question, what's going to happen to the New Jersey Devils? It feels like I'm, I make a new episode about this topic every single week. But to close out this segment, Jack Hughes is dearly missed. I told you guys the injury wasn't a big deal. And even though the New Jersey Devils haven't been playing their best brand of hockey the last couple of days, the, the overall goal for them was just to weather the storm. Okay, so... As you guys might recall, during the course of the offseason, I did a silly season episode in regard to Vladimir Tarasenko and the possibility of the New Jersey Devils snagging him up. Because I said, despite him uh, dealing with multiple injuries, he's been able to bounce back and put up some very respectable numbers. And I said, that's a potential top six winger that the New Jersey Devils could aim for. Now, over the, the course of the last few days, the... New York Rangers stunned a lot of people by trading away Sammy Blay for the services of Vladimir Tarasenko. Now, first glances at the overall trade is simply this. When looking at Sammy Blay and his overall numbers for the Rangers this year, 
it's been kind of a struggle. In fact, his last couple of years with the New York Rangers organization has been anything but spectacular because in 54 game appearances, he only has nine points during that span. And this season, uh, he's appeared in 40 games and he's only racked up five assists. So when looking at paper, Sammy Blay, I, I don't know what the overall circumstance is like for New York Rangers, but it hasn't been all that good on his end. So I think the New York Rangers won the deal because when looking at Vladimir Tarasenko and what he's been able to do during the course of the season while playing for the St. Louis Blues, he appeared in 38 games. He had 10 goals, 19 assists for a grand total of 29 points. So solid production, a little bit of a downfall from what he was able to do last year because that was the one thing that I was talking about for Vladimir Tarasenko because he appeared in 75 games. He had 34 goals, 48 assists for a grand total of 82 points. And he was able to bounce back from his injury-riddled years with the St. Louis Blues. And I just said, you know what? That's what the New Jersey Devils could potentially use. That's what they could need, just some more point production. And as you guys recall, I was a little stunned when the Seattle Kraken did not pick Vladimir Tarasenko in the expansion draft because I thought that could be a solid addition to the roster. But given how good the Seattle Kraken have done this year, I, I don't think they regret their decision. But at the same time, it's just like that's a player I want on the team. And like I said, I did I did a silly season episode in that regard as to how the New Jersey Devils could potentially obtain Vladimir Tarasenko. Now, how does this affect the New Jersey Devils is the overall main question and something I teased in the previous episode. Well, here's the thing. The trade was big and it was a huge announcement. And like I said, I think the Rangers won the deal because they were able to get a solid point production player. And remember, the Rangers are just behind the New Jersey Devils in the Metropolitan Division. So uh, the, it's a race for who's going to finish in the top three. Is it going to be Hurricanes, Devils, and Rangers? Is it going to be Devils, Hurricanes, or Rangers? Or is it going to be Rangers, Devils, Hurricanes? Whatever the case might be. The Rangers are still within striking distance between the Carolina Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils. And remember, Alan Creda appeared on this show not too long ago. He covers the New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders, and the New York Rangers for the Associated Press. And he said that he anticipated for the Islanders and Rangers to make a splashy deal and not the New Jersey Devils, because he said, given where the Islanders and also the Rangers are in the standings, you know that they're going to be desperate to try to gain some traction and just try to climb up the overall rankings. Because this was during the course of December or early January when Krita appeared on the show. And as you guys recall, the Devils were kind of struggling at that moment and the Islanders were falling off just a little bit, but they still had a chance. And then for the Rangers, it's just like they were trying to close that gap with the Devils and surpass them in the Metro because that was the overall talking point during those four weeks, which was how, how much further are the Devils going to fall in the standings? So that was the concern. And then uh, Alan Krita, he called it, which was the Rangers and Islanders we're going to make splashy deals to try to improve on their rosters. And he says, given the devil's history, to make a splashy deal. Now, here's the thing. Krita said splashy deal. He didn't say no deal, period. I just want to make that perfectly clear. So before we talk about what the New Jersey Devils should do from here on out, and I give you an update on Timo Meyer, here's what the Metro shakes up, at least uh, between the Hurricanes and the Islanders. So the Hurricanes are currently leading the Metro with 76 points. The Devils have 73 Rangers have 70, Capitals have 62, Penguins have 61, and the Islanders have 60. So at this point for the Islanders, best case scenario for them is wild card finish because the they still have a chance to catch up with the Capitals because they're only two points behind and the Penguins are also a point behind. But when looking at them and the Rangers, which is the third place team, 
the Rangers are up on them by 10 points. So at this point, that's why the Bo Horvat deal kind of confused me because it was like, what are the Islanders trying to do? Are they trying to compete for a wild card? Because at this point, they're not going to be one of the top teams in the Metro, barring anything miraculous happening. So we're talking about either the Devils, Hurricanes, or Rangers going on a lengthy losing streak and the Islanders catching lightning in a bottle and going on a lengthy win streak themselves. That's not going to happen in my eyes, but they could still get a wild card position. And then for the Rangers, they're just trying to pass the Devils because they did not anticipate for the Devils to be this good. And Vladimir Tarasenko is a good addition for them because during his Rangers debut, just what, like a minute or so into it, he was able to score his first goal as a New York Ranger. Now, here's the thing. Dougie Hamilton was able to score within his first 45 seconds when he first put on the Devils uniform, but that's beside the point. So for the Devils, they have to keep their eye out for the New York Rangers just because the Rangers didn't anticipate for them to be this good. I certainly didn't anticipate for them to be this good. I don't think anyone anticipated for the Devils to be this good, but uh, the overall mindset for the Rangers is just like they're just trying to make sure that they don't become irrelevant and they're not trying to uh, fizzle on out. So Alan Creta, when he appeared on this show, he, he even said, like, uh, given the Rangers and Islanders history, they're prone to do this. So I think uh, the Devils, this just puts a little extra pressure on them to make a move. Now, I've said if I've said it once, I've said it before, the Devils will make a move. But who are they going to get? Is it going to be a high-name uh, player profile like Timo Meyer? Is it going to be Brock Besser? Is it going to be Max Domi? Is it going to be someone who is like low risk but high reward kind of thing? Diamond and Rough, we don't really know. I think the Devils do have their eyes set on Timo Meyer, But my overall thing is like getting Timo Meyer isn't as easy as people are making out to be. And also, I don't want the New Jersey Devils to be in a salary situation. And, and remember, they don't want to pay someone surpassing Jack Hughes's contract. And to give you reference, Jack Hughes is paid $8 million annually. And Timo Meyer is asking for a $9 million extension. So we'll see how that plays out in that sort of way. But we do have an up, another update on Timo Meyer, like I just alluded to. So Christy Flannery of the Hockey Writers recently tweeted out on 32 Thoughts, Elliot Freeman stated that the word around the league is the New Jersey Devils told the San Jose Sharks, before you do anything on Timo Meyer, make sure we get the final shot at this. As always, take things with a grain of salt. Things can change in an instant. So I fully agree with her, which is like uh, the it, we don't really know the true circumstance of what's going around the league. Obviously, the New Jersey Devils have made it known that they are big on Timo Meyer. And they do have a lot to offer. And, I, and this is a classic uh, movie line, which is like, whatever they're paying you, I'll double it. So the New Jersey Devils, in my eyes, have a lot to offer a team because they have high-end prospects. They have some solid players on their roster. So we talked about Sharon Govich. We talked about Mercer. We talked about Tatar. Now Miles Wood is kind of added into uh, that factor. And also Mackenzie Blackwood is a piece of that puzzle as well. And the Devils also own their first round draft pick in this year's NHL draft. So we'll see what happens in that regards. I think, like I said, the Devils do have a lot to offer. And Kevin Weeks also gave an update on what's happening in, in terms of Timo Meyer and other uh, teams that are interested in him. He said, keep an eye. And I'll, he always does his classic eye emoji. Uh, keep an eye on, in addition to the New Jersey Devils, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers. Well, since the Rangers now got Vladimir Tarasenko, I think they are out by default at this point. As buyer teams interested in a scorer like Meyer, Gold Knights are also a team to watch as well. How can the Vegas Gold Knights afford it? I, I don't know how their financial situation works, 
but um, I, I just don't think they can, they can afford Timo Meyer. But uh, that's beside the point. San Jose Sharks have some good options. So here's the thing for New Jersey Devils. Okay, you've already seen the Islanders make a move. You've already seen the Rangers make a move. Do not let the Carolina Hurricanes get Timo Meyer. Okay, otherwise you're really going to be down in the count. So I get that I'm changing my stance just a little bit more, but I had no idea that the Carolina Hurricanes were interested in Timo Meyer because that kind of came out of left field in my eyes. So uh, can the Carolina Hurricanes pull it off? I don't really know. But at the same time, I really don't want the Devils to lose to the Carolina Hurricanes. If Timo Meyer is dealt to another team outside the Metro, I'm not going to be really that mad about it. But if he's traded to the Carolina Hurricanes and the Devils don't really make a big deal themselves, then guess what? It, it goes back to what I said just a few days ago. Are the New Jersey Devils legitimate deep run playoff contenders? Because they're going to make the playoffs, but how far are they going to get? Like, what's their overall goal? So that's my thing uh, for in, in terms of the Timo Meyer sweepstakes, which is uh, the Carolina Hurricanes being interested kind of surprised me just a little bit. And then for the Vegas Golden Knights, I don't know how they can afford them. And then for the New York Rangers, it's like they're just out of it right now. By default, I think they could still pull something off, but it would it would take like a, a miraculous type of three-way deal to get something done in that sort of aspect. And I'm no GM, I'm no uh, financial advisor, but I just don't think the New York Rangers can afford them in, the, in that sort of way. So uh, I think the Devils, they are the, the favorites to land Timo Meyer, but the overall thing is like how much are they willing to push the envelope? Because uh, Tom Fitzgerald was rumored to say like whatever uh, a team is offering you, we will try to double it. But I want the Devils to be very smart. Don't try to gut your organization for one player. Like I, I get that you have the assets to offer doesn't mean you should. So be very careful. But at the same time, we cannot allow the Carolina Hurricanes to get Timo Myers. So might be one of those instances where desperate times call for desperate measures, but we will see what happens in that regard. And I'm going to give you guys some football sound bites momentarily. But before we continue, I want to get you hip to a product that I use literally every day. So I started taking AG1 because I wanted to be happier. I wanted to be healthier. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and abstinence to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focusing, aging, and all those things. So it's lifestyle is friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Supports better sleep quality and recovery. Supports mental clarity and alertness. It's one thing that's best about Athletic Greens that uses best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out after your health to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support and vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now... I want you guys to make some extra cash. So let me tell you about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores to, and threes drain. So 
Go Lakers in that sort of aspect. Now, you already know the drill. Bizarre friends over at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. And always remember to gamble responsibly. Okay, so to close out today's show, I'm going to share some sound bites when I did Fox Sports Media for Super Bowl. So hopefully you enjoy them. So the first sound bite I'm going to share comes from Rob Gronkowski, because like I said, went to his party, Gronk Beach, got his autograph. So I think it's I think that it's the perfect way to start off this uh, special segment. So I asked Rob Gronkowski about his party at Gronk Beach. Uh, this was obviously before it took place. And I obviously asked him like his favorite memory with Tom Brady, probably arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game so here's what rob had to say hey gronk uh, uh, how excited are you for uh your event gronk beach in a few days i'm going to it i'm looking forward to it i just oh, yeah. want to get your thoughts i'm super excited for it actually actually it's the third gronk beach uh our first one we did was i was retired in miami three years ago and then the, we did one last year at the draft in, um, in las vegas and that was super successful and uh and now we got this one for the third annual gronk beach and uh, it just keeps getting better every single time it just keeps getting more amped up uh we're we're starting to understand it what the fans want and uh all that good stuff you know out there out in the crowd and we got 21 savage headlining which is pretty pretty wild i mean you know 21 will you do something for me <laughs> i will i'm bringing you to Grand beach baby uh, we got diplo as the other performer as the dj we got Lil john who has just so many great hits so um, it's going to be a great experience. It's going to be a great experience for the fans as well, for all the people that you know love that music. Also, just love to come, have a good time. There's going to be, once you get in um, through the doors, through the general admission, you're going to have as many drinks as you want, food, as much food as you would like as well. It's supposed to be 76 degrees out and sunny on Saturday from the last time I checked the weather report. So we're looking good right there because it is a pool party. So it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, a lot of great talent going to be there. Uh, we're we're going to be up on stage probably <laughs> acting like fools, uh, which is what it's all about. Okay. Uh, Rob, obviously you've been teammates for a long time with Tom Brady, both in New England and also Tampa Bay. What are some of just the, uh, other than uh, winning the uh, the championships, what what are some of your fondest memories of with, with Do, probably the best quarterback? Oh, play? doing the Gronky and Tommy show when we were on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We just sat out on the field and we just, we just, shot our shot we just sat there and just chopped it up out in the field asked each other some questions and uh, the Tommy and Gronky show was one of the coolest hits in Tampa Bay so that was a great memory with him uh, big time off the field well it was kind of on the field because we sat on chairs on the field so that was pretty cool to do that you know outside of actually playing the game of football thank you looking forward to Gronk Beach Gronk is like my spirit animal because he, he is the epitome of Work hard at your profession and be good at it, but don't forget to party hard. And now, I had a chance to speak with Michael Vick, and obviously the Philadelphia Eagles played in the Super Bowl. They didn't come out on the winning end, but Michael Vick had some interesting stories to share in regard to his time with the Eagles organization. Eagles, do you, do you care to share some of the, uh, the the good times you had with the organization, and do you lean towards them in the Super Bowl? Yeah, no, I think um, you know one of the best times was when I first signed my contract with Philly. And they brought me in, man. And uh, just being out in the field for a preseason game, I didn't play. But they kind of just put the jumbo, put my face on the camera on the jumbo trying, man. And just the warm welcome and reception that I got. Um, you know, after such a turbulent two or three years, it just felt like I landed at home. Even though, even though I wasn't the starter, I wasn't playing. I felt like I landed at home, man. And uh, I can get there and I can kind of build myself back up. 
mentally and physically because that's what I needed. Michael Strahan was on that New York Giants team that upset the undefeated New England Patriots a good while back in the Super Bowl. So here was some of his fondest memories when competing in that Super Bowl. And he also gave some decent advice leading up to the game. Michael, what would you say your greatest uh, Super Bowl memory is? Um, I, got, I said it winning. Winning was the greatest memory. The confetti falling, knowing the game was over. Um, Eli, David Tyree getting a sack. Uh, watching Tom Brady scream at his offensive line when O.C. and Tuck are hitting him. Just the whole, uh, everything. The week before watching, watching Tom Coughlin eat an In-N-Out burger after practice one day. <laughs> It's always those, it was those little things, the, the jokes and the laughter, the, the bus rides and and uh, obviously the game. So so many memories, it's hard to have one favorite. I know you get this question uh, often, but do you have any advice uh, for these two teams in the uh, Super Bowl? Yeah, good luck. And uh, the best advice I can have for you is when they kick it off, it's just football. Everybody gets so caught up in the fanfare and the media and all this and the flashing lights from the cameras. But there's nothing that any of that can do once you're on the football field. You still just got to play the game. So my advice is just play the game. Do what got you there. Don't try to overdo it and do a job that's not yours on the field. Be the best at what you are required to do for your teammates, for yourself, and everything will work itself out. It's still just football at the end of the day. I also had the chance to speak with Kurt Menefee. He is one of the hosts for NFL Sunday. He is also the play-by-play -play announcer for the Seattle Seahawks during their preseason. He had some interesting stories to share about Russell Wilson, and I also tried to tie it in with hockey somehow, some way, because uh, the Seattle Kraken uh, is obviously where my mentor, Everfitz Hugh, does his announcing. First black play-by-play -play announcer in NHL history. So here are some of Kurt's sound bites. Hey Kurt, I'm a, I'm an aspiring play-by-play -play announcer in the sport of hockey, and obviously we need more uh, representation in, in in the broadcast booth. My mentor is Everett Fitzhugh. He's the play-by-play -play announcer yep. for the Seattle Kraken. Yep. Do you have any advice uh, for people that look like us? And do you have a message to maybe Everett Fitzhugh? I don't know if you've ever met him before. But... No, I haven't, but I know of him because I you know I spent a lot of time in Seattle with the Seahawks. I've been doing their preseason games. I think 15 years or so, but it's like my second home. <laughs> so, so I knew when he got hired, um, when the Kraken started, and, and really happy for him. Um, but the thing is, I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, as you said, there's so few opportunities. The thing is, is to be prepared whenever you get one. You know, don't let the story be that we gave him a shot and he let us down, or that he gave a shot and he wasn't ready. So the way to be prepared is just, I was just telling the young man, not only do anything and everything, but study, I mean, if hockey's gonna be your thing, you know, if that's gonna be your sport, know the history of the sport. Know the people that are involved, know their backgrounds, know where they come from, so that when you have a conversation with somebody, and it may be just shit in the crap, not necessarily an interview or anything, but you can converse with them and let them know that you know who they are, and I'm not just here fishing, trying to find out what I can get out of it. And so I think that's the number one thing, and I go back to them, the more you show people that you can do, the more you show people you understand, the more opportunities you're gonna get. And um, I, I appreciate that, and uh, speaking of the Seattle Seahawks, what is your fondest memory of covering that team. In the preseason? In the preseason okay. or whatever, whatever case might be. Yeah. I was going to say, well, if you go to the preseason, probably it was early on, obviously it was 12 years ago, but I remember going to training camp and I see this guy and he's got a number three jersey on and I asked one of the uh, assistants who's a trainer and I was like, is that a ball boy? Who is that guy? He's like, no, that's our third round draft pick, Russell Wilson. 
Russell, he wasn't wearing pads. So he's like this big, and he looks like just a kid out there. So obviously, we saw how that worked out. So that's one of those, I guess, I guess he was more than just a ball boy. So that's one of the first ones. And then the other one was, I think, being there uh, during the playoff game against Green Bay, when they had the big comeback and won in overtime, and being in that stadium, which we always talk about how loud it is, being on the field for that, it was it was unlike any other place I've, I've, I've been before or since. And so that was special as well. And uh, any predictions for the game? What are you looking forward to? I think it's going to be a good, close game. I, I mean, that's the one thing. I, I think that we're in a situation where this is genuinely the two best teams. And you don't always get that when you get to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think it just feels like Philly's here. It, it really does. I think Hurts will, will run well against this team. Um, I don't know if he gets 100 yards, but it'll be a significant number rushing. And I think that'll be the difference if Philly wins the game with those. All right. Thank you, sir. So once again, I hope you and your family enjoyed Super Bowl 57. I know I had a great time and it's an experience I'll never forget. And like I said, I don't know how many of you are football fans, but I figured this is something that you guys would like to hear. And also, I thought it was a cool thing to do. So hopefully you guys enjoyed those sound bites. And I hope to go to more media days, wherever the case might be, and give you that backstage access. Now... As for today's episode, that's the whole time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.